Hi, I'm Christy Lee, and you're listening to episode three of the Praise and Worship podcast with special guest, singer, songwriter, worship leader, producer, David Leonard. They say the third time is a charm, but I submit to you, the charm factor on my first two guests was really pretty high. So put those episodes with Paul Balash and Matt Goss on your listening list, but this one has some real grit to it. I'm talking with a guy who's been through heartache, delay, loss, and new life on multiple levels. We're talking miscarriage from a man's perspective, how it feels and what helps. David is so good at sharing this burden. And listen up if you've been through anything similar or really anything difficult. What I love is that he writes songs that you'll relate to. They give your heart something to hang on to while never minimizing the real struggle. But also the healthy help here is that he gives your voice something to sing to God. It really is a very Psalm-like prayer and praise. David Leonard, by the way, is an unstoppable generating force of creativity, starting up and cranking out bands, songs, videos, artists. He and some buddies are recording all kinds of people that we love lately and that we love playing on WJTL. He's got more in the works, so keep your ears peeled. The Creek Music Studio is in Franklin, Tennessee. You can keep up with what's going on there. Look up The Creek Music on social media. Now, historically, we know David Leonard from All Sons and Daughters and the anthem, Great Are You, Lord. Last year, he released the album, The Wait, then a stripped back version called The Wait Silence the Noise. Personally, having just gone through a similar loss, yes, yeah, same fertility category, these songs sustained and really encouraged me. So consider them tried and true. But there is more in this conversation, and some of my favorite things that David talked about include filming a music video with his dad, the difference between an importance of corporate and individual worship songs, and how he feels about his upcoming tour with Mercy Me and Jeremy Camp, where he's breaking away from the keyboard. If you stick with us till the very end, I'm also going to share a bonus clip that makes me giggle. For now, let's get started. Today, I'm talking with singer, songwriter, and producer David Leonard, fresh off of his Dove Award win for the recorded music packaging cool category of his latest project, <laughs> The Wait. So a lot of sweet stuff on the way today. First, I'm talking with David Leonard in the morning. And you know, so many of your songs, both from All Sons and Daughters Days and Solo, there's lyrics about the morning. So I've always been curious, what is morning like for you? What do you do for your routine? Well, I mean, I, I have little ones now. And so my seven-year-old, since the day she was born, gets up basically at 6 a.m. every day. She comes down. Now she comes downstairs. She'll turn on the TV. She'll make her own breakfast. It's pretty amazing. I love when they get there. I know. I, that was like a glorious day. But then we had, now we have a eight, you know, 18-month-old and she is uh, not there yet. And so every morning it's, it's getting up with her. But yeah, I mean, uh, lots of chaos in the morning. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of fun, a lot of real conversations, um, which is kind of crazy because it feels like we're almost at our purest in the morning. It's like we've we've lost the weight of the day and then we almost get a restart. And so sometimes some of the best conversations have been coming out of that. So I cherish them, man. Sweet times. Can you think of any? Because I know kids and sweet conversations, they can be sweet to us because they're hilarious or they can be yeah. deep. You never know what yeah. you're going to get. Well, I mean, I, I can still I can think about 
one one in particular with my daughter when she was probably I think she was like four years old. I was taking her to daycare. I just got her together. We were driving to daycare. And every day when we got to daycare, she would, she's not a shy person at all. Mm-hmm. But every day when we would get to daycare, she would like, I'd put her down. She would hide behind my legs and like, she would totally go into the shy thing. And everybody would say, hi, Ella Kate. And she'd never, she'd never say anything to anybody. And I, I just was like, this isn't you. It's like, well, what is this? And so while we were driving, I was like, hey, today, whenever I put you down, they say hi and all that stuff. I just say just say hi back. I was like, why, why don't you, why don't you just say that? And this is a four-year-old talking to me. And she goes, dad, do you remember when you were this big? And she, she held her fingers up, like pinched them together. And I was like, do you remember when you were this big? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was that big. And she goes, were you, were you shy at all? And I was like, yeah, I was shy. And she didn't say anything else. She just stopped right there. And I was like, huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And this is so well. So I don't know. She dropped the mic on me. It was kind of like, it was like, yeah, dad, you got it figured out, but why don't you shut up and <laughs> yeah. listen to me? <laughs> That's one of the best parenting pieces of advice, I think, is to remember when you were, when you were that small. There's That's so right. much you have to learn. So that's good already. I know. Can we talk about the Recorded Music Packaging Award from the Doves? I would love it if you did. What is it like to be recognized for the packaging of, which, by the way, is very cool. The picture that they showed along with this is really cool. Like the nice spread, the contrast between the studio record yeah. and then silence the noise. But how, how are you doing weeks here after the Dove Award win? It was awesome. I mean, obviously, we worked a, a ton on that stuff. And, you know, all those pictures and stuff were, were photos from the movie. And, um, yeah, there, I mean, we had content for days to be able to pull together. And the way they put it together, and um, it felt like it still told the story just visually. And, I don't know, really proud of it. Really yeah. proud of it. It's cool. Speaking of the movie, though. We talked a little bit before when you were in town about your dad in your video, and I would love to know what's it like doing a music video with your dad. It was pretty special. I mean, obviously, um, you know, the last the last couple of years I've done counseling and all this kind of stuff, and like realizing that my perspective of God has been greatly shaped by the my perspective of my own father, and so to be able to kind of walk through that, and then to walk through that with my dad. And then to do the movie where we we dive into a little bit of that story. But um, I don't know. It was pretty special. It was like emotional on so many different levels. I mean, especially watching it back. It was like, um, you know, because you see how your parents look at you, but you don't always see all of the things, you know. And it felt like it was, um, I got a glimpse to see like almost all of the things. You know, the things that I'm not around or whatever, you know, and it was, um, it was kind of, it was really cool and, and just an eye opener of how constantly God feels the same, does the same when we feel like he's not around and it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's pretty interesting and, and a special thing to get to do. Is your dad like he is in this video 
I don't think he says anything, does he? Oh, yeah. He's not like that in real life. That makes me so happy. <laughs> Tell us what he's really like. Oh, he's constantly talking. He is the. He does not stop. I'm the guy that's like, Dad, stop. Like, you don't have to talk anymore. Like, we're good. So was it hard to get him not to talk? No, no. When he was in actor mode. Yeah, he's like freaking Robert De Niro or something, man. <laughs> he is like, he turned into a professional. It's amazing. Showed up on set, did exactly what he was told, and it was awesome. I was like, who are you? Yeah. Why aren't you like this every day? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think he should get a double word for that because it He should have, right? The way that it came out at the end, it was so easy and totally not forced on you to see that as God the Father. Yeah. In a powerful way coming at your lowest and just so sweetly loving you back. One of my favorite scenes is the is the tree scene when he comes back and he eats that apple why and it was like such an nobody told him to do that. He just did that, and it was like just so interesting. I don't know. I feel like God tapped into Tim that day, and, and and was like gave us a bigger glimpse at it of how much we think we're so caught up in all these moments and and how there's these huge moments. And God's like, this is not that big of a deal to me. Uh, and like sits there and eats an apple. Wow, you know. And it, it just it is pretty crazy and. I don't know. I just, I really loved it and I'm thankful for it. Of all of the fruits he could have chosen, an apple takes you yeah, way back to Genesis. I it's know. an interesting I choice. It was. <laughs> it, is, it has been finished. It has been yeah. won. Yeah. Even redeemed the apple. Even redeemed the apple. <laughs> I love it. Well, we've talked packaging and videos, but I want to talk music. I really, yeah. I want to talk music. So, Partially thanks to your dad, but also thanks to your music. Heaven's got a special bottle of my personally cried tears um, mm. because of these songs. Uh, I see you and your music really as like a modern day David, not because you share the same name, um, yeah. but you know the way that the psalmist goes from honestly describing struggle, declaring truth, turning points, and resolving with praise to be able to do that in a modern way. That's like the vernacular of us normal humans. That's really cool. So yeah. I've kind of heard you describe in all of these questions you get about why did, why did you stop writing worship music when these albums first came out? Um, I've heard you describe the weight as everyday worship. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting deal. Like this conversation has been one that we continue to have every day, especially here. It's like, um, because it is, it's like, it's one of those things that you, when you create songs for the church for so long and, and you do that, it, it's so needed and we so need these congregational moments, but it feels like we have forgotten about the individual side of this. Like we even change songs now to us and we, and it's becoming less of an individual thing and it's more of a congregational thing, which I'm all for because it's not if it's when we're going to need the, those communities and the people that are around us. Like I am a, I am a perfect example of um, benefiting from that. But at the same time, there are moments where I don't have those people and I don't have that kind of space. And I, I need, I need help getting me to a place that's an individualistic type connection. And I've never been like the huge 
reader or all this kind of stuff. And music has always been the place for me that has allowed me to connect with God in uh, deeper levels. And whether it's Christian music or whether it's, you know, a Coldplay record, I don't know. It's like I, I, I've, I have found God in so many different spots. And so the hope with, with this was always is that we created a space where people felt like wherever they were, if they were sitting in their cars, if they were sitting at home, that they could immediately enter in and it wouldn't feel like it would take you out of the place that you were and put you in this grand cathedral, but would allow you to stay in the moment that you were. And um, I think it's needed. And like, I just think that there's going to come a time when it's, when it's going to fall back um, into the, into the, individualistic style where like I was even thinking about these old like Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary <laughs> like pure and holy like all this language of me like it was me and I think there's gonna go back to some of that. I think I think we're falling back into that but um I don't know. I just wanna make good music and I wanna write honesty and I I wanna write about where I am and I I just the hope is is that I'm always honest and I'm always true with 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 who I with what I put down on tape and if people connect with it, it's amazing and but from day one it's always been that if if I'm not moved by this stuff then I don't feel like anybody else will and so the the goal has always been to move myself and then whatever happens outside of it is kind of the bonus. Well, David has had some material to work with. Um, recently played the Junction Center. And uh, for the most part, we got the silence, the noise, kind of stripped down, restrained version of a lot of the songs, which I loved. Just a side note, is it hard as a piano player to not play the piano on so many of these songs? Like, not letting loose on the keys? No. I desired it. Oh, really? It was like, yes, finally. I was like... Cause that's, I mean, from all sons and daughters days, like whenever we started a set, I never took my hand off of that keyboard yep. the entire time. And it, and I, it became a crutch for me. Like it was a comfort, it was a comfort piece for me. I knew it well and I knew, I knew how to react in that way and to be able to take the keyboard away and go, all right, Hey, just be you. Like, it was so freeing and, and I'm excited, like, you know, getting ready for this. We're doing a tour with, we're going out with Mercy Me and Jeremy Camp and really excited about that. But like going, okay, Hey, I don't want to have the keyboard in front of me. Like I want to be able to be me and, and do it. And so it excites me. It doesn't scare me. Well, maybe you could have the keyboard nearby so that every <laughs> once in a while. I'll have some moments. When you finally got to I Will Wait and um, Mysterious Ways to get that, you know, the keys there, you can feel the emotion in the left hand, especially. Yeah. Then the keys became even more powerful because they were missing on other songs. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so take it along. Put it in the van, load it on the truck, (laughs) but just stand near it. (laughs) Okay, that sounds good. But one of the things that came up when uh, when you were with us was talking about this struggle that your your family has been through. And this is something if you've been through 
delayed fertility. Let's put a positive spin on calling it that. But yeah. you know that once you talk about it, people come out of the woodwork. And so I do want to I do want to go over the, this a little bit. And because I'm talking fertility and miscarriage, I just want to encourage the listener to stay with us because you can soak a lot of things up in this, even if that's not something you're going through, or maybe if somebody you know is going through this, this can be, um, I think, really helpful to talk about. So there's gold coming up in this conversation. A man sharing his side, especially, um, that's a rare resource. So you did mention that a lot of this record is came out of waiting for your next baby and that not happening easily. Yeah, can it you was tell uh, us that story. Yeah, so we had our, our first daughter almost eight years ago, and um, probably like two years in after we'd had her, we decided we wanted to try to have another one. And it took us you know, like a year and a half with the first one. Um, and so the next one, we're like, okay, well, that's out of the way. Obviously, it's going to happen much faster this time. And um, and so we started trying, and you know we start trying and we get to a year and it's like, okay. And then we get to two years and then we get to three years and it's like, and gone through doctor stuff and nobody can give us answers and tested everything. And it's like, nobody can give us things. And then we do medicine stuff and, um, and, and nothing. And it, it was just, it was especially being, um, being a constant fixer, a person who wants to fix a problem. Uh, to see my wife walk through that every month, the constant disappointment, uh, the constant letdown, and the constant weight of um, not being able to fix it. Like, it was just hard. And it weighed on us uh, for sure. Probably some of the hardest years that we ever walked through. Um, even from a, like, just a relational standpoint. Like, um it became, it was so um, hard to even have connection points because it was, it was the thing that continued to hover uh, in the room anytime we were there. And so walking through that uh, and then to walk into, we, she finally got pregnant and it was like, this is it. It's like, okay, we're here now. We finally, we waited this long, this happened. Now we're excited. Um, and we go, and she she made it. Um, it was either ten or ten or twelve weeks, and uh, we went in for the doctor's appointment, and and for her to not have um, there was no heartbeat or anything, and so that was like, okay, God, you allowed us to wait this long, and then this happened. Um, we were already mad, and now we were like real mad uh, and real hurt, and really felt like we couldn't trust um at all and it it was like um it was really difficult really difficult and we were surrounded by a lot of people and a lot of a lot of amazing people spoke beautiful things into us but me and my wife both had to do individual kind of trips like i went we were out at in LA for the Grammys and uh, I chose to drive home by myself from LA to Nashville and just have this um, come to Jesus with Jesus 
it, it was like a, everybody was like, you know, you go to the Grand Canyon and you see God in this. And, and it, it, for me in that moment, it was totally felt abandoned. You know, I didn't feel seen in all of it and um, got through all of it and, and had this beautiful moment where it felt like um, he, he met me in this desert place and it was just incredible. It was the thing that I needed most was I just, I needed to feel like I was seen and I needed to feel acknowledged. And my wife went and did this trip in, in Florida where she sat on the beach and she had a, a lot of things that she was working through with her family, uh, like going back to things that she didn't even realize she was carrying and, and ended up having a, a really, really sweet time with God and, and came back and, and it, I, it's kind of one of those things that you look back on it and you go, okay, maybe we both needed to unload some things before we were ready for this thing. And it, it's, it, it's, it's easier to say now, like looking back on it, now that we do have a, a beautiful little girl and she's awesome. Um, but looking back on it, it was just, it was really hard and just didn't even want to acknowledge that we needed change in our life. And, um, yeah, I, I think I think we had change and we had all these breakthrough moments and um, and then the miraculous happened. And I'm not saying that that always happens. The miraculous does not always come, but I, I know that it looks different to different people and that I do know that beauty comes through those moments. And every moment that I've had like that, there there has become a moment where there is beauty that I've been able to recognize. Sometimes I don't want to recognize it, but you get to a certain point and you, you start to look back on it and you go, okay, hey, that was, that was something there. And, um, yeah, it, the, the, the human spirit and the human mind is a interesting thing to, to think about and to try to figure out. It really is. I think especially going through this kind of a weight and an experience and a struggle as a believer, yeah. knowing and loving and trusting God who um, wouldn't you think would love to give babies to good people? <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, so it, it is. And it's something that a, a lot of people, a lot of people can relate to this. Um, I love the moments in your story where <laughs> you actually, you had a great experience in the desert. Yeah. That I get that, you know, after, after my husband and, and I went through a lot of these similar things for many years. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I do want to talk about going through this from the guy's side of it. Is there anything that people can do that, that wives can do that, you know, what actually helps? Is there a certain flavor of ice cream that <laughs> ministered to your soul? Did you yeah. need to just like have space? What really helps I mean, uh, talking with a lot of different guys who walk through this and then talking through any guy who's been through pregnancy stuff, having a kid and all that kind of stuff. And, and every every guy that I've talked to, and it doesn't mean that this, it's this way for everybody, but for the guy, it's pregnancy really isn't real until that baby is here. And it's kind of one of those things that's like this made up deal that's happening inside your wife's stomach that you see moments of it and you see, you hear heartbeats and all this kind of stuff, but you're like, that's not real. It's like, that's, 
yeah, there's something happening, but obviously there's a connection to you and and there's a connection to the woman that she feels every single bit of it, but the guy doesn't. And so there's this there's this deal that's not really real. And I think the thing with miscarriages and, and the thing with, with guys who walk through that, it's sometimes it's like this at the beginning it's it's like it's not real and i think most of us can kind of sit in that space where we just deny deny feelings and we deny uh the hurt that we actually feel with it because it hasn't really affected you other than the weight of your wife and all this kind of stuff but like you physically as the guy it's not doing anything to you it's just a a thing and and I think I think the struggle has been to internalize and to and to just wipe it over. Um, but if you actually get to the heart and to the depths of the desire of wanting to be a father and wanting to have this thing, I think there's a ton of hurt that happens in that. And um, and I think I was allowed to have space with a lot of different friends to be able to speak those moments out. And especially with walking for so many years of, of desiring this. Um, I think I had a lot of things built up in it. And I, the biggest thing for me is, is, is just is the honesty in the conversation. Like, don't internalize it. Don't keep it to yourself. Like, find trusted people that you know will stand with you and that will listen to you while you talk. You don't need somebody to give you answers. You don't need somebody to tell you that's going to be all right. You just need somebody to listen. Like, and that that was that was what my soul needed for sure. I love when you uh, told us at the concert that you had names that yeah. you were hoping to name. You know, your next children. Um, you want to talk about that part? <laughs> Which one was that? Was you, that my guy name? You well, you told you shared both of them, right? River. Oh yeah, yeah. Which that that that's your daughter's she name is, now. That's my daughter's name. Yeah. Yeah. But we had a we had a boy name that my wife was never gonna allow me to use. <laughs> but I thought it was the coolest boy name ever. Called Ruckus. Yeah. Yeah, that's the coolest thing ever. You could name like a dog Ruckus. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> This is not working out for me very well. Look, she, she that's a compromise right there. You can have the name, not for a kid. Nice? I guess. <laughs> I guess. Well, I, I do think that River makes a much sweeter worship lyric. It rolls yeah. off the tongue a little better and is in um, one. Like, that's another, you know, a tear on that one. When you're singing, there's a river. Mm. After hearing you talk about that. I don't even know how you can sing that. I don't know if that's a guy thing that you're able to sing that without totally cracking open and breaking down. But yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty special to be able to kind of have that. And, it, you know, it as well and all that stuff was such a big step for my wife in that season. And um, when Peace Like a River attended my way was, yeah. was like the line that we were at a little craft fair in my, in my home, little hometown. And my my mom took us out there, and it was at this like old this lady's house, and we we're walking around their house. It was so odd, it's like walking around this lady's house while all these little vendors had set up their little things that they made. 
and somebody had painted that on a mm. on a, a canvas and when we saw it it was like immediately we knew we were like that's the name that's what we want right there and so i don't know it, it was cool and to be able to work it into the song was pretty special so were the songs on the wait written during the process after both yeah they they were written um during during pregnancy so yeah was that hard to do the second like did you wait until 20 weeks or you know after a miscarriage <laughs> i mean you think about that seriously it's hard to trust there was a, there was a lot of like um yeah there was a lot of hesitation with this one for sure and more on my part than my wife's part i think but um yeah i think i'm i'm the kind of guy who's always kind of tried to protect himself from getting hurt and so i think i didn't allow myself to fully go there a lot in the beginning just because i didn't want to get hurt again you know hmm. i really love mysterious ways i wrote it with matt redman and jonas myron and it was like i mean those guys don't know how to write a song but you know <laughs> Maybe they'll figure it out. Right. We we actually made it for the weight. It was on the weight. I had done a couple extra writes just because I wanted to make sure I had the songs and ended up writing threads out of that. And Mysterious Ways was the one that got pulled. So I love that it's on Silence the Noise. Almost if you're going to yeah. add it on one or the other, that's the one. I yeah. love the people singing in the background. And as somebody who's gone through some of the things that you're talking about. People say that all the time. They say to you, God will use this as your testimony. You'll have a, yeah. you know, or, or they'll say God moves in mysterious ways. To have something that you can have your heart hold on to and sing with that phrase in it, it's great. Yeah, the I'm not in control thing is, was, the big, was the big kicker for that, you know. I want to thank you for sharing all of that stuff. I know that it's tough to, to talk about. I know that it's, you know, a little awkward and unpleasant. But so many of us go through this. And when I hear you sing, you know, share this burden, and I hear you talk about other buddies that have gone through similar things, um, it is really important, I think, to, to share it. Whether it's yeah. while you're going through it, a little bit after, or, you know, some of the things that helped me the most were women who 15 years after would talk about mm. their experience. That is still super encouraging and powerful and gives a lot of hope and gives you different glimpses of how God works. Yeah. So thanks for talking about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to wrap up with one little thing. I want to compare notes with uh, one of our local worship leaders here. So I just want to ask a couple of quick questions. What is your favorite worship song for you to sing right now? Ooh. Yours or otherwise? Yeah, I think, um, uh, I think Stand in Your Love has been really big for me lately. Uh, I lead it a lot. Anytime I'm at, anytime I'm leading at church, I I tend to gravitate towards that one a lot. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I mean, for and also like one of mine. Know your heart has been one that's been um, constant, uh, and it's been one that's been huge for our church. Like, um, so yeah, that's that's been a really special. That was my next question. The song that gets everybody singing at your church. Uh. No, your heart's been that one. You know what? That sure. gets my four-year-old singing. Yeah? If you need to do another album repackaging of the weight, you could do the kids' version. It's not a bad idea. All ukulele <laughs> or something. <laughs> you don't want it to be keys. <laughs> totally doable. Totally doable. 
It'd be awesome. And since you're in the studio, do you have a favorite piece of gear in the studio right now? Something that you're really enjoying? Oh, uh, I just... Yeah, I just made a purchase the other day. I just bought the new Moog One keyboard, and it's unreal. Like, instant, like, vibes all day long. Is it Moog or Moog? Oh, it's Moog. It's Moog. His name was Bob Moog, but it's constantly, everybody says Moog or whatever, but it's always been Moog. There you go. See? There. Thanks for all of the info. Absolutely. David Leonard, the wait. Studio and Silence the Noise versions available streaming. Now check out that packaging too because it's Dove Award winning. So well worth a glimpse. Thanks, David, for talking today. Thanks. Big thanks to David Leonard for joining me today. I do want to encourage you to look up the Mercy Me 2020 tour with Jeremy Camp and David Leonard, where I'm sure he'll include so many of these songs. By the way, keep your ears peeled for mysterious ways. And yes, when you're going through something, it might be a little cliche when everybody says God moves in mysterious ways, but he packs so many key phrases for your heart to hang on to into that song, including the reminder that God leaves nothing to waste. And you know, I love that he ends it with a really awesome hallelujah chorus, David Leonard style. Coming up next week here on the Praise and Worship Podcast, we'll chat with someone who has a lot in common with David Leonard. It's Nathan Hurst of Life Center Worship, another singer, songwriter, worship leader, producer who spends a lot of time in the studios. For now, I'll invite you this Sunday morning, tune into WJTL, whether in the area at FM 90.3 or anywhere on the planet, WJTL.com or the free WJTL app. The Praise and Worship program with a four-hour playlist is 6 until 10 Eastern. And I include the time zone because it's always something to make sure you've got straight when you've got an appointment. Since you've listened all the way till the end, I'm going to leave you with this. Hey. Hey, what's happening? Oh, this. How are you? I was just making sure I'm good. You've I was been... like, I was like, oh, I think she means her time. I was like, I think that's right. Where are you? Central. Central. Yeah, the Lord's time. <laughs> yeah, Central time. I can't tell you how many interviews have been missed or just messed up because of this time zone thing. Yeah. Happens all the time. Yeah, I get it. Nobody knows what. It what time anybody else is on. That's why I wanted to make sure, you know? Well, I appreciate your punctuality. So right on, right. That's like radio people are down to the second and you were texting right at 10. That's awesome. I know. I'm old, you know? So old um, people get up early for things. <laughs> do you eat dinner at three o'clock? <laughs> Four o'clock. But, Four you know, o'clock for whatever. the early bird special. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the freshest I, meat comes out at four o'clock, right? I guess Jeez. so. I don't know. I don't think we're, are we old? How old are you? 37. I'm 39. So yeah. I feel. I don't, I, mean, I don't think we're old. You don't feel old, do you? No. No, no I feel. I, I, I feel like. I still feel like I'm 16. I was going to say I feel like I'm 14. So I feel younger yeah. than you, but I am <laughs> older than you. <laughs> Maybe when I'm 39, I'll feel like I'm 14. It'll just like slowly you get lower and lower. I don't know. I always say I'm in my mid 30s because I'm still like in the middle of I'm still in the 30s. <laughs> hey, I think 40 is going to be probably cooler than my 30s were. 30s was awesome. Like yeah, 20s, I thought 30s were cool. 20s was okay. It was good. And then 30s, like life made sense. A lot more sense. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm really I'm banking on my 40s. Yeah, it's gonna be good. And that's not what I wanted. Aging is not the conversation (laughs) I was hoping to have today. That is well. (sighs) 